Although the total number of tuberculosis cases among homeless people in the United States has dropped over the past two decades, as a proportion of all U.S. cases, it's held steady. What's more, many of the substantial tuberculosis outbreaks in the country in recent years began in homeless shelters, and the lack of policies on treating homeless people with latent tuberculosis infection means that they have a high risk of recurrence. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Vinay Gupta, a fellow in the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care Medicine at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Dr. Gupta has co-authored a perspective article about treating latent tuberculosis in Seattle's homeless population. Dr. Gupta, in your article, you describe your experience implementing an incentives-based, directly-observed therapy program for homeless patients with latent tuberculosis. How were those patients treated before your program began, and what inspired the new strategy that you introduced? Typically, patients would either not get treated at all because the current existing treatments were too onerous. Typically, patients that had latent tuberculosis in the past went through a nine-month regimen of isoniazid or a four-month regimen of rifampin. And both of these regimens are quite taxing on patients because they require daily administration of medication and really continual follow-up with the primary care doctors and clinics for the course of long duration of time. So especially our homeless population in Seattle was quite resistant to this treatment approach. And so typically we would see that most folks with latent tuberculosis who are otherwise impoverished would not get any form of treatment. And those that did seek treatment would seek one of those two avenues. You write that one component of your program, the meal vouchers, proved to be essential for patients who managed to complete their treatment regimens. Did you identify any strategies for reaching people with latent tuberculosis who either didn't begin treatment or didn't adhere despite those incentives? One of the approaches that we're hoping to build on and which we trialed, certainly in some shelters in and around our clinic, was to actually start screening for latent TB amongst homeless populations and particularly the transient populations in and around Seattle. I should note that this is part of the program that's still looking to be scaled up, but we actively are seeking as part of the medical intake exam for any homeless individual in the shelter or otherwise who may be living on the street, actively seeking their information on their TB status. And if they do have latent disease, trying to plug them into care, especially for those who've previously failed treatment with isoniazid or rifampin and who are known to our clinic, we've made efforts to reach out to those patients and to see if they would prefer to adopt this approach. Is there evidence that the program is reducing the number of active tuberculosis infections in the homeless population? At the moment, there is no evidence that this specific intervention has avoided another outbreak per se. It's still very much in its sentinel phases. Given that, I want to ask, do programs similar to the one in Seattle exist in other cities? Are other clinics considering using this type of incentives-based model? One of the unique things about the Seattle program is really there are a few DOT incentive-based programs that exist for homeless populations really nationwide. And that was one of the unique aspects of our program was trying to develop outreach initiatives for an impoverished population to see if we could increase adherence rates to treatment. So as far as I know, there are no similar programs across the country when it comes specifically to latent tuberculosis. I do know that there are pockets of populations, namely in San Francisco, that I know has previously adopted incentive-based approaches to enhance adherence to heart therapy for HIV, but that was not specifically geared towards a homeless population per se. So ours is one of the few studies that I do know of that has looked at the specific population and specifically the treatment of latent TB. 
You say in your article that the expansion of Medicaid eligibility in Washington state allowed your team to reach a broader segment of the indigent population than it otherwise would have. So if we're looking for clinics in other states to follow in your footsteps, what sort of barrier do you see in states that do not expand Medicaid? I think the problem is there's, I believe, 23 states that still have yet to expand Medicaid according to the tenets of the Affordable Care Act. And although some of those states have indicated some willingness to expand Medicaid to certain segments of the population that are currently not being funded or being covered under the state schemes, I think without Medicaid expansion, you're going to see a significant part of the population still uncovered. And so namely, folks that are part of the informal sector that are undocumented immigrants, for example, that don't have health care coverage, those that are making too much to be covered under traditional Medicaid schemes but are making too little to be covered under the health care exchanges, that's a sizable segment of the population as well. So in those specific populations, those people that are in those coverage gaps, typically those patients also traditionally have risk factors for latent TB. Again, if it's an immigrant population coming from a highly endemic region, those individuals should be screened for latent TB and ideally treated. Those individuals that are in the coverage gaps when it comes to income typically also may be living in communities where latent TB or exposure to TB either here in the States or overseas may have been high. So I think Medicaid expansion is critical because the only way to really get plugged into this incentives-based program is through having a PCP, and that's essential. You write that the new 12-week regimen of isoniazid and rifapentine requires substantially higher upfront costs than the standard nine-month regimen, but that ultimately it saves money because the completion rate is so much higher. Do patients typically have access to the new regimen? And if not, what can be done to help more hospitals and health departments add it to their formularies? I think one of the evidence is clear that the 12-week regimen saves costs, both in terms of disease burden in the long term when it comes to new active cases of tuberculosis and new cases of latent TB. And that evidence is pretty clear, and the paper goes into that. And so most academic medical centers, especially on the coast, have adopted the 12-week regimen according to my personal experiences. And I think hospitals that are wrestling with the decision as to whether to adopt the regimen really just need to look at the data. It's pretty self-evident. Finally, you write that treating latent TB is often low on the priority list for clinics that see homeless patients, given the many competing needs that they face. So what can the health system do to ensure that enough time and resources are devoted to this problem? I think that's a great point. I don't know if there's a fantastic answer to that question because usually, especially amongst the patients I've cared for at Pioneer Square Clinic in Seattle, typically latent tuberculosis is one of five or six ongoing medical problems. And the easiest answer to your question, not necessarily the most feasible per se, is that we need good follow-up and that these patients need to be plugged into good longitudinal care so that Over time, we can address their primary problems that could prevent them from getting hospitalized immediately, such as cardiovascular and or pulmonary disease risk factors. So I think longitudinal care, making sure that we have, again, Medicaid expansion so that we have enough slots for patients to see physicians or other healthcare providers, and really to ensure longitudinal care so that problems that are a little lower down on the priority scale, like latent TB, can be addressed and given due attention. Because ultimately, As we started out in this podcast, when we've seen outbreaks, it's really been in this population of the indigent 
where the transition from latent to active disease happens and can happen really rapidly, and spread can happen rapidly as a result. Thank you, Dr. Gupta.